Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. This is a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. This is actually episode number 446, and if you haven't guessed it already, I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. Now, I want to admit to you right up front that this will be a unique show. The total amount of time spent preparing for this episode is about 10 minutes max. I have in front of me a Google Doc, and I started off with the heading, Biggest Takeaways from Social Media Marketing World 2016. And then I began to re call just a couple of the things that were most valuable to me as I attended this event in San Diego. Social Media Marketing World 2016 was my favorite conference that I've attended by far, so far, and it is the fourth year in a row that I have had the opportunity and the the very honor of speaking at this event ever since Michael Stelzner, my great friend and member of my mastermind, has created this event, I've, I've had that honor of speaking there, and it has been a huge blessing every single year. But this year, by far, was my best experience at the conference. And it's not necessarily the production of the conference itself, the sessions, uh, and, and how they were offered, and all of those things. The list that I came away for, with here, the after doing this document, and by the way, this is going to be a one of those live to hard drive episodes. I'm recording this on Thursday night at 11 p.m. at this very moment, and I want to get this episode recorded and then published for you guys so that you'll have it by 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. And to do that, this week is going to be a live to hard drive episode, which I think it was like last week or two weeks ago. Actually, it was two weeks ago. I told you that I don't really do a lot of live to hard drive episodes of this show, but this week, I am. <sighs> Where do I begin? First of all, let me just say that the conference itself was unique in that this is the very first time that Michael Stelzner and his team over at Social Media Examiner hosted the event at a conference center. It was the San Diego Conference Center, same place where they go for the San Diego Comic-Con. So it was a big, huge, gigantic venue. And previous to this, and years prior to this, they had either hosted it at the Grand Hyatt or the uh, Marriott Grand Marquis hotels. And they had a very casual, not casual, that's not the right word. They had a very, um, oh, what's the word that I'm thinking of? It was a very, uh, yeah, I should have thought this one out. It, it was a very, gosh, what am I thinking? I cannot come up with the word right now, but it had a very close feel. It, it People, it felt very comfortable. It felt like family. It, it was, the rooms were smaller and the rooms were uh, full, but at the same time, people were rubbing shoulders and it just seemed like a very comfortable, relational atmosphere. And the concern with moving to bigger venues and having more and more people that you run the risk of losing that feeling of this closeness with other people. I, I, why can't I think of the word? There's the word, and I know there are probably hundreds of you screaming at your iPods or your iPhones. Who listens to these on iPad pods anymore, right? Uh, and of course, you are saying yes, yes, I listen on the iPod. But anyway, I know you're, you're you know exactly what word I'm talking about. That that really close feeling 
relational feel of the conference. Is it going to be reduced by having a 3,000 person event in a conference center venue versus in a hotel? And I want to tell you that Michael and his team did an, an outstanding job of keeping that that close feeling. I, I don't feel like it was any more difficult to find people, to rub shoulders with people, to network with people. It actually felt better than previous years. And that's impossible in my mind for them to pull off, but it was. Uh, it did happen. And part of it probably has to do with the fact that my intention of going into this event was networking, was connecting deeper with individuals, but just overall, the atmosphere, the the way that they set this event venue up, the long hallway that they had between all the speaker rooms was incredible. The lunch slash networking areas that they had were just incredible for networking and connecting. And it just felt like people were there to network. And I mean, obviously, there are those that go there for the, the sessions and those sessions were packed. They were full. They were incredible. But it, those who were there to network, I mean, it seemed like a, pretty much most everybody there was there to network and they spent that time investing in relationships with one another, connecting with old friends, but certainly I saw a lot of people building new relationships. And of course, I am no stranger to doing that myself and I did and I had the most incredible time. Now, I will tell you that I did my own personal session, uh, which was a workshop at this event, it was the first time I've ever done a workshop, which was weird for me. And uh, the workshop was called Creating a Blueprint for Your Future Podcast. It actually happens to be a tutorial that I give to all of my students who go through my podcasting A to Z course. And at the end of that tutorial, an assignment that I give my students is that they need to answer nine questions. And then what they do is they submit that to me and I give them my feedback on their nine, on their responses to the nine questions. Some of them, for example, are, what is the purpose? What is your why for creating this content? Who is your target audience? What is your niche focus? Those kinds of things. And, you know, what are your goals? What, what kind of things do you want to accomplish as a result of this? How many subscribers do you feel would make this worthwhile for you? And... Then what I do is I, I take time and work with those students and share, you know, hey, that's more of, I don't think that's your why. I think that that is just, you know, it's a reason for creating a podcast. And yes, it's great that you can get content out there and it's, a, and it's an efficient tool for that. But why? why? Why are you looking to get that message out there? What is your why? And, you know, driving into a deeper motivation for creating content. And the idea is that I want to help these people get to the place where they understand that there is a reason why it's worth going through all of the hard work and trials of creating a successful podcast because it is not easy to create a podcast. If anybody's ever told you podcasting is easy, they lied to you. Uh, there are simple tools out there to make it much more simple, but even if you want to create a great, successful podcast that influences others and that people will become loyal, devoted fans of, it requires a lot of work, a lot of dedication, and it's not easy. And to be able to consistently keep up with producing a show 
and in even myself wanting to commit to saying, hey, you're going to have an episode every single Friday by 5 a.m. And, you know, just getting back from social media marketing world and having that great experience where I was going nonstop around the clock with folks and then coming home in less than 24 hours, sitting down and recording this episode so that you'll have it by 5 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah, it is a lot of work. Even if I don't do a ton of editing on this episode, it was still a lot of work to come down here and decide what am I going to share with you and anguishing whether or not just this personal, hey, this is what I got out of the event. Is it good enough? And you know, the, the, you, you don't understand how just sometimes just the mental anguish of is this content going to be compelling enough for my audience that that's an emotional stress, you know, that you have to go through and and you need to have a deeper connection to a why to make it worth it for you so that you can be reminded of why you're doing what you're doing because sometimes you just think, eh, it's not that important. You know, why do I keep doing it? And yeah. So this workshop that I did, uh, what I did is I, I shared the same style presentation that I do in the tutorial, the video tutorial, and I did that for 60 minutes. And as I was going through those, I shared the questions that I asked these students that I have, and I posed those questions to the people in the audience. And I said, now, at the end of the presentation here, after the first 60 minutes, I'm going to spend the remaining 30 minutes we have together asking some of you to volunteer to read your responses, and I'm going to give you feedback if you're willing to receive that feedback. And um, after the first 60 minutes, it was, in, first of all, there was about 350 people in the room, which was incredible. I did not expect that many people for a workshop, but it was incredibly awesome to have that many people. And then once we went to the Q&A, the, the interaction was, it was fabulous. And it went much better than I thought a workshop ever could. And I kind of liked the format. I, I, I didn't expect to like it, but I did. Now, when it comes to other sessions, I think I sat in on a little bit of John Lee Dumas's session. He always he's always crushing it with his community, sharing some great value there. I sat in on a panel session with Lou Mangello and uh, gosh, who else was up there? Um, I can't remember. It was Lori and uh, I think Pat Flynn was up there and some other folks. So I, I sat in on one panel session, and then the only other sessions that I attended at this event were Michael Stelzner's opening keynote and also the closing keynote for the first day, which was a interview with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Marcus Sheridan had interviewed Gary V for that uh, keynote. And outside of those sessions, I didn't attend any other session, not a single session beyond that, and that was quite intentional. So if I didn't sit in on a lot of sessions and, and you know, come away with lots of new valuable insights and information with, you know, you know all these big notes of things that I'm going to come home and apply to my business, how on earth am I supposed to record an episode with my quote unquote biggest takeaways from Social Media Marketing World 2016? Well, I'm about ready to share with you. My first big, one of the biggest takeaways that I come away from this event with is a deeper relationship with Michael O'Neill. Now, Michael O'Neill is the host of a podcast that is called The Solopreneur Hour. And I think he records this epi- or this show several times per week and he does high intense interviews with entrepreneurs or solopreneurs 
people who are kind of like, you know, myself, you know, run a solo business and and sharing what's going on as an entrepreneur, how they're building these things. And uh, anyway, Michael is, I would, I would say he has a high octane personality. Uh, and and I, I don't know if Michael will listen to this episode. I, I assume he probably will. But What's interesting about Michael is that a couple years ago when he first launched his podcast, he reached out to me and asked me if I'd be a guest on his show, and I was, and I'll tell you what, he made a significant impression on me, just with his, the way that he approached me for the interview, it just seemed, you know, you could just tell he is a, he's a, he has hustle, He's not a hustler. He has hustle. He is intense in the way that he does things. He's like, listen, you know, I think this is going to be great. The way that he approached me, it was, it was high octane. It was energy. And, and so I was a guest on his show. I, I love how he made me feel at home. You know, instant, just feel like, man, this, you're just connected with the guy as soon as you connect with him. And then the follow-up was amazing. And it wasn't like that real cheesy. It's like, hey, here, I really hope that you'll follow, share this. Here's the exact tweets and, you know, Facebook. It wasn't like that at all. But the follow-up was I received something in the mail, the physical mail. And it was a gift from him with a personal note and not to mention just the way that he followed up in weeks following that, not begging me to share the stuff, but just again, showing his appreciation for having me on the show and, and, and things like that. And, you know, I just recall that from that time, and this was several years ago from that time, Michael just randomly would reach out to me and just say, Hey Cliff, how's it going? Is there anything I can do for you? And he would he would just keep that conversation thread open, top of mind kind of st- stuff. The reality is, is though, beyond being a guest on a show and having these somewhat pleasant exchanges with Michael O'Neill, I really didn't know him that well. And uh, you know, I'm a very busy guy, and I choose who I follow very strategically and and stuff like that. And I, I really never connected with Michael very deeply uh, in spite of every opportunity to do so for whatever reason. It just, Michael wasn't always on my radar of somebody that I desperately want to go deeper with. And, and I don't know why, but what I can say is that I've, we've been acquaintances since that time. We've seen each other at Social Media Marketing World each year. We've sh- shaken each other's hands. I'm sure we've seen each other at other events. And we have remained acquaintances. But that all changed this year. And it actually changed before Social Media Marketing World. And you guys have been hearing me talk about Snapchat a lot. And that's not going away, by the way. Uh, But a couple, well, back on January 27th, I launched into my Snapchat world and went head first. And Michael's been following my Snapchat stories every single day since January 27th, and I saw that, and he was responding to the things that I was sharing, and, you know, I I, I recall the generosity of this man, you know, and the way that I, he made me feel when he interviewed me, and the follow-ups, and just the, you know, the ongoing, and so I went ahead and followed him back on Snapchat, and I have been following his Snapchat stories, Every day. Now, here's the interesting thing. Michael O'Neill and I are different in a whole lot more ways than we're alike. 
I mean, I'm I am a married guy with, you know, three young kids. He's a single guy living the bachelor life. You know, he's into cars and, you know, my dream car is a car that, you know, that runs pretty well. <laughs> you know, he's he's got this vintage Porsche and, and stuff like that. He's into high-end music and, you know, I'm I'm cool with listening to music in the bathroom while I'm taking a shower or getting ready uh, through, you know, my Amazon Echo. Um, he, but he, the kind of music that he's listened to, he plays the drums. I can't even snap to a, a beat consistently. I, I just can't do it. Um, he, you know, he, he's, he's also, he's into like more of the comedian humor, a little bit more of the raw humor kind of stuff. You know, some, some things that in my, my, my worldview, my, bring upbringing and stuff like that which you know I'm breaking the mold of a lot of that but still some of the things that he might share in his snapchat story it, it just like it's like whoa that just rubbed me the wrong way that was that was wildly inappropriate and I'm speaking specifically of one quote unquote joke of the day that he shared on his uh, snapchat story and I'm like boy I would never it's like if if I didn't already have a little bit of the investment, I think that if that was the first day I ever saw him on Snapchat, I probably would have just said, you know what, I'm unfollowing him just because of that joke alone. But, you know, the thing is, is for whatever reason, through Snapchat, I've found that, you know, hey, I there's something about Michael O'Neill I like. And it has nothing to do with just what I'm seeing in his Snapchat story, but it has everything that just kind of goes back to that first experience of being a guest on his show and that gift that he sent me in the mail thanking me for being a guest on his show and just the way that he's always consistently offered to help me in any way possible. And, 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 and I, there are a lot of people who say that, but this is somebody who I honestly believe backs up what he says, you ask him for a favor and the guy's going to go out of his way to do it. That's the feeling I get from Michael O'Neill. And I've even gotten that more from his Snapchat stories and interacting with him. So he's sending me private snaps based upon things I'm sharing in my story. I'm sending him private snaps uh, and messages about things he's sharing in his story. And we're engaging with one another. And it's, it's almost to the point where through Snapchat over the last month or so, we have gone just beyond being acquaintances, but now we're friendly acquaintances. And then came Social Media Marketing World 2016, and we went to, we both are there at the opening night speaker party. The, it's, it's for, it was a little opening party for speakers only. And, you know, dude, we, we connected instantly there. And the reason why it was so instantaneous because, well, we had so many things that we could communicate and and take to the next level. It's like, hey, I asked him about his interaction with Patrick Dempsey, which you guys may know as McDreamy from Grey's Anatomy. I happen to know that he was just, you know, he, he was in an, at a, a, a car show where everybody shared these vintage cars. And I don't know if they were all Porsches or not now that I think about it, but anyway, the, the fact is, is that he he just met Patrick Dempsey and and I'm like, you know, tell me what that was experience was like, you know, and and I was able to ask him some other things about other little bits and pieces that he shared in his story. So I here's I think this is what it was. You know, I have a sometimes I struggle with small talk 
But it was no struggle having small talk with Michael O'Neill because there were there was plenty of things that I've learned about him that I could ask about, even things that I I'm not particularly interested in, but I I loved hearing him talk about his drums and his other stuff. And so it Snapchat made it easier for me to have that instant connection with Michael and the two of us really got to, to talk there and that's where it started but beyond that uh, later in the event we ended up having a lunch together uh, with some other friends and then one night we ended up having dinner together with a bunch of other friends he ends up buying my dinner that night and we're we're just really gelling with one another and the two of us go and crash a dinner party with Joel Com, which I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in a, in a minute. But then uh, we join up with them and all of us, we end up going to this blues bar. Now, every Tuesday night, and I happen to know this, but every Tuesday night, Michael O'Neill goes to this blues bar where he plays the drums. And it's I, I learned this, you know, this bar down in the gas lamp district of, De- of San Diego. They have this open blues night, and basically they have a house band there, but anybody who wants to, it seems like, it, they can sign up on a sheet at the at the front of the bar, and if you play an instrument, you can sign up and play a couple songs, usually two or three songs, and you can jump in and play, you know, if you play the drums, you can play the drums, or if you play the piano, you can play the piano, you, you know, play the bass, I'm sure you could play the bass. And it's just incredibly awesome. And you have these people who have probably many times these people who have never played ever have they ever played music together all to, you know, you know, at ever before. But because of the way blues is written and, and, and performed, they get up on stage and you've got this random group of people and they're like, he he's explaining to me how they communicate what key and what measure and, and they just go at it. And because it's blues, they're able to play like they've known each other forever. And and so I'm learning about all of this stuff. And you know what? Because of Michael, I came away with a deeper appreciation of blues music. And I, I mean, I love, I liked blues music before, but I have a deeper appreciation because Michael sat down and explained to me the the measures and and how they, you know, the 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 musical count of it, it was incredible. He shared one of his passions with me and I found myself getting interested in something he was interested in and because of the passion that he had for it he it, it rubbed off on me that passion did and I we it, my, it was myself and Joel Com and some other folks we got to see him play drums up on the stage and that was just an incredibly awesome experience and so one of my biggest takeaways from social media marketing world is a deeper relationship with Michael O'Neill somebody who interestingly enough I, you know we do not share a ton in common but we share enough in common with you know our entrepreneur owning our own business social media and stuff like that it, it's inter- d- despite as uh, as many differences as we have with one another, we share enough passions and at least an interest for each other's passions that I went, Michael O'Neill for me went from being an acquaintance to somebody that I would call a genuine friend after this event. And I don't know that that actually would have even, well, I actually, I can say this. I'm almost positive that what happened going from acquaintance to somebody I call a pretty significant friend now 
It would not have happened had it not been for what happened in the last 30 or so days on Snapchat leading up to the event. And the same is true for my next biggest take. So big takeaway number one, a deeper relationship and friendship with Michael O'Neill. The next one I will share with you is a deeper relationship and I would say a budding friendship with Joel Com. Now, uh, by the way, Snapchat, if you want to follow Michael O'Neill, and by the way, for those of you who might be really family friendly and, you know, you know, just a little word, you know, Michael's, he's, he's, he's Michael. He's his, he's his own person. Um, you may hear a joke that's a little colored in, in nature and stuff like that, but you know what? I, I, I come to appreciate Michael for who he is and, and I'm glad, I'm, I'm honored to call him a friend. But if you want to follow Michael O'Neill on Snapchat, he is at Solo Hour, S-O-L-O-H-O-U-R, at Solo Hour. And if you do end up following Michael O'Neill on Snapchat, would you please send him a private Snapchat message and tell him that you heard about him from me and episode number 446 of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. And just say that I was talking about our bromance. <laughs> All right, moving on. So I told you that after dinner, Michael and I went and we crashed a dinner party. Uh, and, and the dinner party that we crashed was Joel Com. Joel was there with uh, some of his friends. And I, I did get a chance at first to meet with Joel at that same speaker party. We got to connect a little bit there. Joel says, hey Cliff, I've been following your Snapchat stories and I see what's going on with your community and your engagement and stuff like that. And I, I, I'm following your journey. And he's like, you know, why, why, what's up? You know, why? I know why you're doing the landscape, but when are you gonna switch? And, and I'm like, eh, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, but I'm always evaluating. I'm thinking about this. And he's like, well, let me give you some thoughts. And he was sharing with me some thoughts and stuff like that. Now, I will tell you that Joel Com and I have had, we, we've been acquaintances for a while. Um, you know, I, we run a lot in the same circles and it was probably about three or four years ago, the very first time I really connected face to face with Joel. At, at a new media expo event in Vegas. And I remember the very first time we met, we were playing around, we were doing, you know, selfies and stuff like that. And and I was showing him, you know, I shared with him, We I think we created like a an, an, an internet tutorial on YouTube on how to create a selfie right there on the spot with some folks. But uh, that was our first in, interaction and engagement with one another. Since then, I've kind of just seen him around. I've seen a lot of the stuff he's been doing with Blab, and and I know that he's been seeing some of the stuff that I was doing, but it's been through Snapchat that, guess what? I'm seeing him every day. Since January, I've been following Joel Com on Snapchat. By the way, it's his Snapchat handle is at Joel Com. that's J-O-E-L-C-O-M-M. So again, that's at Joel, com, double M. And if you follow him on Snapchat, same thing. Tell him that you heard about him on episode 446 of the Cliff Ravenscraft show. So at the, you know, we, we've been acquaintances and stuff like that. And we've been following each other a little bit closer. And we have exchanged some private Snapchat messages, some private conversations back and forth with one another. We've done that via email and Facebook message and stuff like that here and there over the years but it's, talk about taking it to the next level, but at least, you know, a couple times a week, we've 
engaged with one another back and forth since being on Snapchat. So it's definitely helped us to to take our friendship and our relationship to the next level. And and so he's yeah, like, Cliff, you know, I, I really encourage you to go, you know, to go to vertical, you know, here, use Snapchat in this different way. And I'm like, yeah, let me think about it. And then, of course, another person I met at this uh, snap or the speaker party was Sean Aola. Now, I don't have him in my in my list. I, I would say that we've just become a little bit deeper acquaintance than we were before. But Sean Aola is a Snapchat legend out there and he he's an incredible guy. I don't know how to spell his last name, but um, let me go ahead and look it up for you. Okay, I've looked it up, and by the way, I, I'm positive that I have butchered his last name's uh, pronunciation. But anyway, it is S-H-A-U-N-A-Y-A-L-A, and I'll put these all in the show notes of this week's episode, and matter of fact, I need to actually put a little link in here now, or just remind myself to type this in here, A-Y-A-L-A. All right, so I will put Sean in here as well. Again, make sure you let him know you heard about him from me. Sean is like incredible with the artistry that he uses in Snapchat. Now, he's he's difficult for me to follow on Snapchat because what he'll do is he'll spend a ton of time creating, you know, one or two or three snaps or sometimes a, a, a decent story all the way throughout, you know, an afternoon. He'll spend hours and hours create these creating these elaborate Snapchat stories, but then he'll, for audience engagement, he asks people to share what their reactions are or share something else or their best this or that, and then what he does is he'll take, you know, sometimes 20, 30, it seems like 50, 60, 80, 100 different people who are following him, what they, what they share with him, he'll then post into a story, and I, I'm like, tap, 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 and finally I'm like, okay, enough of that, and hopefully I'll be able to catch up with him, you know, 24 hours later and see what he's got going on, but Sean is a super awesome guy, got to connect with him, he and I also had a conversation about Snapchat, and then um, you know, talking about, you know, my use of it as vlogging. I'm going to come back to that because one of the big takeaways of, of social media marketing world was a major shift in my use of Snapchat. And so that's why I bring up Sean here. But both Joel Com and Sean, had a, I had a conversation. These two are responsible for most of why I've changed something, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But back to Joel Com. Um, there was a speaker, we met each other at the speaker party, but then, uh, Michael O'Neill and I, uh, crashed the dinner party with him and Aaron, his friend, and I can't remember the names of the other people off the top of my head. Uh, oh, and Michael O'Neill's, uh, girlfriend, Catherine, I believe, joined us that evening as well. And we just had this incredible time at this, uh, dinner party that Joel Kahn was having with his friends. And the funniest thing happened. Um, Joel had <laughs> Joel had had a couple drinks, and he's like, "We were talking about Snapchat." And I told him, "I said I just finished responding to every single person that has uh, reached out to me." Because well, here you you know now you can do mine, and I, and it was kind of a joke, and uh, it was funny because he actually gave me his phone, and what he would do is he would go into his private messages. And he would read what the the person had said, or he would actually watch the little video, and he'd say, "Hey, Cliff, this is what they said. Now respond to it." And so I would take his phone, and I would do video responses to everybody who was responding to him. So every single person who reached out to him on Snapchat that night, I would respond, and I would say, "Hey, Cliff Ravenscraft here. Pers- what was it? Uh, executive Snapchat assistant to Joel Com. And Joel would like to tell you." 
And then I would come up with something off of the top of my head that was related to whatever it is that they had just sent him in a private Snapchat message. It was hilarious. We had a great time, a lot of fun, just crazy, insanely funny stuff. But um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then after that, after they were finished with dinner, that's when we went to that blues bar and and just had an incredible time. So, uh, so again, deeper relationship with Michael O'Neill deeper relationship with Joel Com. I would say that we have, I would say a budding friendship. You know, I, I'm, I'm not, it, it, it's something that I'm looking forward to going deeper. And in fact, there's a good chance that in a future, maybe even over the next two weeks, I might even have a conversation here on the Cliff Ravenscraft show with both Michael O'Neill in one episode and Joel Com in another episode. And don't get me wrong, I am not going to an interview format podcast. And in fact, I don't plan to interview either of these guys. If anything, we're just going to have conversations and not an interview, conversations. And and I, I do plan on on uh, following up with those guys and getting those scheduled. So that's that's probably what we're gonna have in the next two weeks. All right, another thing, another takeaway from social media marketing world, my friend Andy Traub reached out to me while we were there. He says, hey, if you get some free time, I'd love to chat with you. And Andy and I had a really valuable conversation with one another and some things that he's got going on and and things like that. And we had a great conversation about connections and networking and and just the amount of value that he has brought into my life. For those of you who don't know this, Andy Traub is responsible for introducing me to Dan Miller. And of course, Dan Miller is responsible for introducing me to Michael Hyatt and also to my friend David Foster and also so many other people who have had a profound and positive impact in my life. And as a result of all of those people, it all comes down to Dan Miller who all comes down to Andy Traub for introducing me to Dan. And I was like, man, I just got to thank him again. Of course, I know I thank him all the time, but Andy and I really had a great conversation at Social Media Marketing World. And in my mind, in my heart, you know, one of my goals every single day is to make sure that throughout the time I wake up, between the time I wake up and the time I go to bed, my goal is to make sure that there's at least one person in this world that I have encouraged in such a way that that hopefully their life is different, that there's been some kind of mental or mindset breakthrough. And I, and I think I, I at least helped Andy with with some things that were, were stewing around in his mind on some thoughts and, and stuff like that. And I think there just might be a little bit more clarity than there might have been previously. Um, Andy could be a better judge of that, but I, I just came away with a feeling like that if there was one thing that, you know, one thing I could point to that day that really helped me say I fulfilled my purpose of encouraging and inspiring and helping somebody with them, you know, expanding the mindset of, of you know, next level stuff. I, I just, I feel like that was a great conversation with Andy. And so, and by the way, um, I, I, there there is, you know what, I, I think converting others to Snapchat is a different takeaway. So I'll talk about Andy and him on Snapchat in just a moment. Another takeaway from Social Media Marketing World 2016 was uh, I got to celebrate something very exciting in the life of one of my great friends, Pat Flynn. And that was a test drive in Pat's Tesla. That's right, my friends. Pat 
has a Tesla and it is incredibly awesome. This, my friends, is the best car I have ever sat in in my life. It is the coolest piece of technology. There, There is no way anybody out there has anything as close to the awesomeness that is the technology of the Tesla car. And and I don't even know what model it is. It, it's, it, it's not the Roadster, so it's probably, do they call it the Tesla X? Um, it's, it's, it's obviously not the new one that they just came out with, you know, the Model 3 or whatever. So I think it's the Tesla X. But anyway, it is an incredibly awesome car. Um, it just blew me away. And I, of course, I shared it on, on my Snapchat, uh, you know, a couple snaps from the car with, with Pat. I not snap and driving, trust me, nothing like that. I was a passenger in the car and, and just shared some of the the coolness of this thing. And and what really shocked me is is the number of seats in this car. It's, it was uh anyway, Tesla and and it's not just the the Tesla itself, but what I what I was what I loved just as much as the technology, which was incredibly awesome. I loved celebrating just how far Pat's come since I first met him in 2010. I mean, it, it, it's incredible. I mean, it, here's the thing I can tell you. Pat Flynn in 2010 was making about as much income in back then as I've been making over the past two or three years. So, uh, and of course, his income is up significantly since 2010. And you know, they, they, there's that saying of, um, you know, your life or your income is the average of the five people that you do life with the most. And I'm honored to say that Pat Flynn is one of those people that I do life with the most. I, he's, you know, in my weekly mastermind group as, as well as some other amazing folks. And, and so just every single week since 2010, I've had the opportunity to see this journey that Pat's on and to, to sit down and ride in his Tesla uh, was cool in more ways than just experiencing the technology and the awesomeness of the Tesla itself, which by the way was awesome, but also my friendship and relationship with Pat and just being inspired by his journey was has been a consistent takeaway for me. That is awesome, but I'm glad I had that experience I'm glad that Social Media Marketing World brought me out to San Diego and gave me the opportunity to celebrate with my friend Pat in that way. Now, um, you know what? I will, I'm gonna change the order of my notes here. I'm gonna next tell you that my uh, another takeaway for me was I love persuading people. Um, you know, I, I love the sales process. And for me, I, I think about sales as, as a way of convincing others of the value of something okay so that's what I can that, that's how I would define sales convincing others or persuading others of the value of something whether that be doing something buying something or just the value of a product or service or idea or thought or whatever selling them is persuading them of the value of something and I of course, I've been talking about Snapchat a lot, and I am happy to say that just before uh, Social Media Marketing World, my friend Ray Edwards, I had persuaded him to join Snapchat, and by the way, you can find him, he is at the Ray Edwards on Snapchat. Again, he is the Ray Edwards, and Ray has been doing a great job of his use of Snapchat. In fact, he's influenced me 
by just the brevity of his stories and just the little tiny glimpses into his day. Um, and and in a way, I, I Ray, I know that you're listening. In a way, I aspire to use Snapchat a little bit more intentionally like you do because I found how, I, I just found how much I enjoyed. It's called, it's kind of like that less is more strategy and and I love just the authenticity and the realness of it. Of course, I certainly had authenticity and realness, but you know, it, it, I'm going to get down to how I've had a major shift in my Snapchat stati- strategy in just a moment. But Ray Edwards has been on Snapchat even before social media marketing world. But I really enjoyed how he was doing it throughout the event as well, and uh, you know, convincing others of the value of Snapchat. Getting Ray Edwards onboarded was a it was a huge accomplishment for me, and I'm glad to do that. Now, I won't take exclusive um, credit for this, but I will share this cre- credit with my friend Joel Com. And Joel and I, at the speaker party, right there on the spot, convinced Michael Hyatt of the value of Snapchat. And uh, it was so awesome that his very first Snapchat message was that he had been inspired or uh, convinced by myself and Joel Com to get on Snapchat, and uh, if it wasn't for Snapchat, I wouldn't have known it was Gail's birthday the night that we were that we had that that uh, that evening there at the event. So, uh, you, it's amazing the little tiny details that mean the biggest things in relationships. And so, it was really cool to see Michael post his first Snapchat message. And if you guys are huge fans of Michael Hyatt, like I am, uh, then he you'll want to find him. He is he is at Michael S. Hyatt. He, again, that's at Michael S. Hyatt. All right. And of course, uh, while at um, the event, I also convinced Andy Traub to start using Snapchat. Now, I convinced him to get onboarded to Snapchat a while back, but he was not using it. And he's very adamant about not using it. He was like, I'm just not going to. I don't see any value. I don't see any reason why to. But I was able to, over several conversations, convince him of the value of Snapchat, and now he is snapping. And if you want to follow my friend Andy Traub, which, by the way, you if let me tell you, if anybody's going to add value to your life in one way, shape, form, or another, I'm going to tell you, if you can establish and build a relationship with Andy Traub, your, your life will be better as a result through connections in ways that you'll never dream possible. So again, you I want to encourage you to follow him. He is Andy Traub, and that's A-N-D-Y-T-R-A-U-B. And again, I'll have that in the show notes also. And beyond those guys, there were about 20 other people that I helped to personally onboard onto Snapchat while in social media marketing world. And Oh, that was a that was a takeaway for me. It, I always feel like this this rush of endorphins and and just this you know I just feel good whenever I've convinced somebody to get as passionate about something as I am, and and that was a lot of fun. So convincing other the others of the value of Snapchat to the point where they onboarded and are now consistently using it, and I'm actually benefiting from hearing them and getting to know them deeper. Yeah, that was a big takeaway for me from this event. Another, and this is my, it's hard to decide which of these are my favorite takeaways, but another big takeaway. I have a major shift 
in the way that I'm using Snapchat. Now, I'm not gonna go into this very deep because I probably will talk about this uh, at great detail in the conversation that I have with Joel Kamm, assuming that he and I get together over the next two weeks to put something here in the Cliff Ravenscraft show. But what I will say is this, just quickly. Number one, I have put an end to my daily vlogging. I'm not completely certain whether or not how or you know how often I'll vlog from this point forward. I you know I have this thing called the Cliff EOTC vlog. It's a playlist on my YouTube channel, and it's also got its own video podcast feed called the Cliff EOTC vlog. And it was originating from Snapchat. I was using Snapchat as a vlog creation tool, which is not what it's meant to be. And I was intentional about using Snapchat in a way that it wasn't intended to be because what was most important for me from January 27th through just a couple days ago, what was most important to me was being able to share my life and uh, ideas and thoughts through a daily vlog. And I've decided as a result of conversations with Joel and Sean that I want to change my approach to the use of Snapchat. And I think that, you know, I did an episode a couple weeks ago. Has it been, why am I vlogging and has it been worth it? And the answer is that it has been worth it. And what I shared in the very final episode of those daily vlog posts is that just because something has been worth it for a couple months doesn't mean that you always have to keep doing it. I found value in it. Other people found value in it. And I am happy that I did them. I, but from that point forward, it was no longer, it, it no longer fit the strategy of what I wanted to do moving forward. And so I ended my daily vlog and I decided to go back to vertical, on, vertical only on Snapchat. And not only that, but I'm I'm slightly adjusting the way that I share what I share on Snapchat. And of course, if you want to find out what that looks like and what that means, uh, maybe you've checked out some of my vlog posts. If you haven't, you can go to cliffeotc.com. That's the YouTube version. Or if you're a podcast listener, you can go into iTunes or your favorite podcast directory that plays video podcasts and look for the Cliff EOTC vlog. It's a video podcast. Go and watch a bunch of episodes of that and then follow me on Snapchat. And if you look at any Snapchat story from this point forward, you'll see that it is, my approach is, is significantly different and I feel it's gonna be a lot better. I'll explain more when I have that conversation with, with Joel in the future. Um, I will say just real fast that uh, I am following everyone back at this point Anybody who follows me on Snapchat, I'm following you back. I did find a way to make sure that I'm always able to keep up with those who I don't want to miss with their stories. Uh, we'll probably talk about ghost codes, a lot of other things that we'll talk about when I get Joel on here, but it was a major takeaway for me that I was convinced to change my priorities of vlogging versus Snapchat as a platform in and of itself, and I decided, you know what? Okay, I'm, and by the way, I do not regret what I did. I, I just feel like now is the time for me to move forward in a different direction on Snapchat. Again, more on that in a future episode. Uh, but that is a big takeaway, convincing other, or uh, a major shift in how I use it. All right, and by the way, I'm at Cliff EOTC on Snapchat if you're not following me yet. 
And another big takeaway, huge takeaway, was that it felt so awesome to know that people did not even recognize me. Okay, and I'm not kidding you. There were people who have seen me every single year at Social Media Marketing World, who have seen me every year that there's been a podcast movement, who had seen me every time that I was at Blog World slash New Media Expo, every time I was at platform conferences. All I mean, there were hundreds of people who saw me at Social Media Marketing World that didn't even know I was in the room with them that didn't know that I had just looked them in the eye when I walked off the elevator, that looked me in the eye when we passed each other in a hallway and had no idea who I was. Hundreds of people did not recognize me. And here, there are a couple reasons why I can tell you this. Because prior to this year, it, for I've always had this issue of walking down the hallway in at a conference such as this where, you know, I... You know, being a big fish in a small pond, and and I don't mean that in an arrogant way, but I mean, it, this this is my community of people there. You know, when you bring 3,000 people, there's about 1,000 of them that know me extremely well. And, and so what would happen is in an event like this, if I needed to use the restroom, for me to get to the restroom usually would take about 90 minutes to two hours. And I am not exaggerating it it's it's just like non-stop people it's like hey cliff let's talk can i ask you a question i want to talk to you thank you so much for inspiring me to create a podcast or this and that and and i, I would always have a, a group or a crowd of people and this was the first year i've went to this conference where i literally walked around freely a majority of the time that was until I actually got up on stage and did my workshop and the, about the 300 and some odd people that was in my workshop well, for the rest of the event, you know, I, I did get stopped because those people recognized me from that point forward, which was cool. I enjoyed that as well. Um, you know, it, you know, I, I do enjoy those interactions, but it was kind of cool before that, you know, I had, you know, an entire day and a half before anybody saw me on the stage. And so for that day and a half, almost nobody recognized me. And here's, so it wasn't just that. It's like, well, maybe Cliff, people are kind of just getting used to him and you're not as cool as you used to be and, and you know, whatever. And and it's not that because what I can tell you is that um, I, I walked off the elevator at, at the hotel that I was at and a person looked at me in the eye and then saw my name tag and was ready to walk into the elevator. But you know, it just registered that this person just saw, and I can't remember if it was a guy or a girl at this moment in time, but whoever it was, this person looked at me in the eye and then was ready to walk, It was walking past me to get into the elevator and glanced at my uh, name tag and then jumped back out of the elevator before the doors closed and went, said, Cliff Ravenscraft? And I'm like, yeah, that's you? And I'm like, yeah. And this person literally thought that I was somebody different with Cliff Ravenscraft's name tag. And that happened, I'm going to just assume here, 15, 20 times that I can, I mean, these people literally like, there's no way that's you. And I'm like, yeah, it's me. And the funny thing is, is there are a lot of people who ended up getting selfies with me and, and stuff like that. And of course, they're tagging me on on Facebook and, and and posting the pictures on there and and I 
I I'm like is that me? I, I mean, I, I, I see myself in the, you know, in selfies that I take and I've taken some before and after photos and, and stuff like that. But it, it, it is still shocking to me. And, and I just, it really made me feel great. And a lot of people, I mean, I would say there are a couple hundred people who told me, Cliff, I, I can't believe this. You are so, your story's so inspiring. You've inspired me to take my health and fitness seriously. You know, once people started to recognize who I was and, and stuff like that, it was, and people are like, man, I had people tell me, you look amazing. I bet you're sick of hearing that. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I, I'd said authentically, transparently, you know, I want to tell you, I'm a words of affirmation guy. If you ever heard of the five love languages, I'm a words of affirmation guy. And so it, 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 I, I, my, my tank is filling up with all these people who tell me how great I look and, and it feel, it felt great. And the cool thing, the coolest thing out of the whole thing about people not recognize me and then recognize once they recognize me and the conversations and what was most important to me was the fact that this was the first time I went to a conference where people telling me what they find of value from me where what they shared about how I've influenced their life was more about health and fitness and balance and margin and mindset versus you helped me launch my podcast. And, and, and there were still over 100 or so people who came up and told me that I helped them launch their podcast and said, you know, it's it's been a powerful thing. But we're talking four or 500 people that came up to me and said, Cliff, you've had a profound impact in my life over the last year and a half. I've been watching your journey every single day and there have been times when I didn't want to go to the gym and I go because of your post-workout self and you train with Cliff and it's just, it was incredible and it was awesome and it felt so awesome to have more people comment on my influence in their life in areas that are more important to me than helping people launch podcasts and that was a massive major takeaway. All right. So um, some other takeaways, just, you know, dinner with my friend Tim Schmoyer and some of his YouTube friends that, you know, that I've seen him mention online and I've seen them there. You know, Tim Schmoyer is a pretty big deal in the YouTube space. I mean, he's a close personal friend of mine and I'm honored to know him. And he, he introduced me to some of his, you know, YouTube influencers and, and, you know, it was just cool to have dinner with him and, and stuff like that. Again, I told you about a dinner that I had with, um, you know, some other folks. But anyway, I had dinner with Michael Stelzner and Mark Mason and some other folks. Uh, I had lunch with Jamie Masters, you know, previously Janie Tardy, um, Pat Flynn, Nathan Berry from ConvertKit, Michael O'Neill was there. A lunch with Ray Edwards, his son, Sean Edwards, Brian Holmes, Mike Kim, um, one, another highlight, a takeaway was the fact that I actually got to convince Sean Edwards to go and check out the musical Hamilton. And, uh, we talked about his book that he wrote, uh, I think it's called, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's, uh, it, it's something about America restore something. Sean, don't kill me. But anyway, Sean wrote this amazing story and I asked him about this amazing book and I asked him about it and he talked about the founding fathers and the the philosophy of the American people. Let me go look it up real quick. Okay, so the book is called American Resurrection 
and its title the subtitle is the failure the failure of the US constitution and the rebirth of a nation and uh, you know what i'm going to go ahead and send this thing over to my kindle right now because i was just really intrigued by what he had shared and when i when every when he shared what he did we spent probably about an hour and i went into great depth about the musical Hamilton, but not only that, but the things that I learned about Alexander Hamilton and George Washington and Aaron Burr and and John Lawrence and uh, the Marquis de Lafayette and everybody else that I learned through this biography that I'm reading. And he he seemed genuinely interested and very excited to go and check out Hamilton. And I have no doubt that he's going to fall in love with it. So, yeah, just, you know, convincing Sean Edwards to check out Hamilton. That, that's a big takeaway for me because it's something I'm genuinely a pa- passionate about and it seemed like a perfect fit for him to be interested in it as well. And then, of course, there was an epic breakfast club. This is something that I see Brian Dixon doing with some various friends. Uh, he's done this with Mike Kim in the past and this time he Brian Dixon and Carrie Oberbrunner hosted a breakfast meeting. And just let me go through the names of some of the people that were here at this breakfast. Uh, we had breakfast with Carrie Oberrunner, Brian Dixon, Dan and Joanne Miller, Ashley Logston, Ray Edwards, Pat Flynn, Nathan Barry from ConvertKit, Tim Schmoyer, Mike Kim, Andy Traub, Kate Erickson, you know, Kate from Entrepreneur on Fire, uh, Chris and Trevinia Barber, Ann Vertel, Rich Brooks was there, Chandler Bolt, Austin Netsley, uh, Jeff Jeff McMahon, and I, I don't know if I'll pronounce this name right, but I had met, uh, is it Anne Deshaies? Nur Anyway, but I, I'm, it was an incredible group of people, and yeah, that, that was Social Media Marketing World, 2016. I did not spend a lot of time in sessions, but I spent a ton of time in networking and conversations, and of course, I got my workouts in in the gym there and stuff like that. And it was such an awesome time. It was the best experience of social media marketing world that I've ever had so far. I'm already looking forward to 2017. This is by far the single greatest conference that anybody can attend. The best people that are attracted to this conference. And yeah, that my friends, those are my takeaways. From this event, and I hope that you have not been bored by me just sharing these things. But um, if anything, it it helps. I believe. What is the what is it that you can say? Okay, well, gosh, Cliff, you talked all about yourself and what you enjoyed. I I think what I hope that this does for you is that you can come away from this episode and think, wow, that's how Cliff approaches conferences. You know, he doesn't go and sit in in a lot of sessions. He doesn't go there to to take notes and copious notes and stuff like that. But I look for every single opportunity to build and establish new relationships, to take existing relationships to a whole new level. And you know what? I do go there to encourage and inspire people and to influence others. That I, those are things that I desire to do when I go to a conference. And that is exactly what I accomplished at Social Media Marketing World. And that's the way I approach these events. I'm not saying that you should, but maybe some of the things that I shared might inspire you to approach conferences a little uniquely in the future as a result. So thank you so much for tuning in. And of course, I do want to remind you, my next session of podcasting A to Z is coming up on Monday 
May 23rd, 2016, if you are thinking about launching a podcast. This is your opportunity to have me as your personal coach walking you through every single step in the process of launching your successful podcast. And I do wanna play for you an audio testimonial and I'm simply going to play it for you and then I'm going to let that be the end of the show. So um, just real quickly, go check out podcastinga2z.com after you hear Paula share her testimonial with you. Again, podcastinga2z.com. Until next time, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level and Paula, take it away. Hello, I'm Paula Bird, and I host the Teach Suzuki podcast, which is a podcast about teaching and parenting through the medium of music education. I've always wanted to do a podcast, but I didn't understand what technology I needed to know or what equipment I needed to have. Of course, over time, the technology and the equipment has become even more complicated than when I first considered this enterprise. And then I heard someone mention the podcast Answer Man. I don't even remember what interview I learned this from, but I immediately looked up Cliff Ravenscraft and started listening to his show. I then heard an interview with Scott Stratton, who hosts the Unpodcast with his wife, Allison Kramer. And Scott was talking in that interview about how he had gone through the podcast A to Z course and learned everything that he needed to know about podcasting. I think it was pretty soon after that that I was able to sign up for Cliff's podcasting course, and I am so glad that I did. It was a very intense four-week course, but it was worth it. It was intense because a lot of information was there. There's a lot to absorb, a lot of videos to listen to, a lot of material to read, and there was much to do on my end to get everything set up and ready to go. But by week three of the course, I had my equipment, I had recorded my first episode, I had my website up and running, and I definitely understood the process of producing a podcast. I was approved and launched in iTunes by the time week four of the course rolled around, and it is very exciting. Cliff was very helpful, and he was very accessible throughout the four weeks. He answered every question Even the ones I realized later were really stupid. But bottom line, Cliff's course was great. It was worth the time and money. And I am so glad that I spent the time and money to get there. And I highly recommend this course. If you want to learn about podcasting, then you need to take the Podcasting A to Z course.